Hey everybody, it's Doug and Renee and welcome to our podcast, Doug and Renee, Married Married Life. Each episode is designed to encourage, uplift, and motivate you to thrive in your marriage and single life. Be blessed. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. This and is welcome. This is not the Doug and Renee show. This is the God show. But it's Doug and Renee Married Life. Because he's using Doug and Renee uh, okay. to talk about married life. All right. But this is the God show. Okay. Well, we're not changing the name of the podcast, are we, dear? I don't know. Did God tell us to change no. it? Okay. Lisa, I don't think he did. <laughs> that was just my different way of coming in at the beginning to say, welcome back to Doug and Renee Married Life. It's not about us. It's about God. Oh, so you got to tell me this in the pre-production meeting. You can't just spring it have, on me. We don't like, have pre-production meetings. We just had one before we started the podcast. No, y'all. what, what y'all missed was some banter that he's carrying on into the podcast. There's no banter. We had a pre-production anyway, meeting. Anyway, we are Anywho. so glad to be back. Yes, we are. We're still talking about Talk It Out? We are still talking about Talk It Out. And this is the second episode? This is the second episode, and we are so glad to have you back. If you didn't hear the first episode, as always, we advise you to go back and tune in to last week's episode where we talked about the four T's of communication, and the first one being... Timing. Timing. Yes. And and we wanted to pick up from that before we move on to the second T of communication, and dear, there were some things you wanted to say um, yes. that we didn't get to last week. Yes, because time got away from us. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even try to make it funny, but I did. Anywho, uh. anywho um, <laughs> one of the things we talked about last week, or at the end of last week's episode, was timing and certain conversations that you should not have in front of your children. Again, this is goes back to timing. Uh, for those heart-to-heart conversations, you should not have those, in our opinion. You should not have those in front of your children. Uh, you should allow your children to be children and not necessarily worry about um, adult stuff. Again, this is just my, my opinion. I don't know if mm-hmm. you... Agree with me to to an assert, to a certain extent, and I'll yeah. chime in after you finish. I mean, little kids, you know, when they're when they're little, you know, eight, nine, ten, eleven, they should be worried about eight, nine, ten, eleven stuff, you know, stuff going on at school, things like that. They should not necessarily be worried about um, adult conversations or adult problems. Uh, I just believe strongly in that. I know in our middle son, when he got older, one of the things he told us was that he never heard us have an argument. He said, I didn't think you and you and Pops even, you know, disagreed to have an argument. It's like, yeah, we 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 don't argue anymore. But when our sons were younger, we would go in the room, close the door and argue. We would go in the bedroom or somewhere, close the door, or if they were not home, 
or we'd send them outside if they were home. And we would have those conversations that we needed to have uh, without them being around. I think that helps. Uh, Again, allowing your children to be children and not necessarily including them in the cares or the problems or the life decisions that you have to make at that particular point in time. Um, I also believe you're going to say something. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for you to finish. So I also believe that when it comes to timing or I'll talk about that on tone, but for timing, my opinion, I'm of the belief that have those conversations away from your children. And so you and your spouse can be in one mind, one accord. And then when you come out, uh, whatever the decision is that you guys decide to make, whether they can go to the party, the football game, whatever, whatever it may be, whatever the decision is, you have to have that unified front when you come out of that, uh, when you make that decision. Um, I was just going to say that I agree that when you have to have, whether it's some people call it intense moments of fellowship, disagreement, you're mad at each other, you need to have a a discussion that may um, cause somewhat of a debate or back and forth or, you know, those discussions um, is not ideal to have in front of your children. In front of your children is not a good time. But there are some discussions I think are okay to have in front of your children. Um, You just have to make sure that they are going to be uh, profitable for your children to learn some things like Doug said maybe early on in life, but maybe as a teenager, if you're having a discussion about managing the budget without the kids knowing the details of what Mm -hmm. the budget is, that might be ideal for them to hear. Yes. I think in some families, and I'll speak to my family, you know, I'm African-American, grew up in an African-American family. They tried to shelter, and I say they, my mom was the only, um, I didn't have, grow up with a mom and a dad, just my mom. But there was a lot of things I didn't know or I didn't learn until I became an adult because sometimes we try to shelter our children from too much. So you have to understand the timing in their age. What, how, what can they handle? What information should they be exposed to so that they could learn from it? Maybe include them in a discussion, um, maybe about finances and managing finances. Okay, me and dad can't afford these $250 tennis shoes that you want right now because we have a budget. Let's talk about budgets. Whatever it is, make sure it's an educational opportunity for your child. Um, that I'm of the opinion that there are certain discussions, arguments, you know, things that are deep or between you and your husband. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you're dealing with um, an infidelity issue. Maybe you're dealing with something more serious that you do not want your children to be exposed to. I think um, you just have to use wisdom and be very intentional. Like we were very intentional about going in the room or leaving the house, going to sit in the car or going to sit at the park to have certain discussions. And I think you have to be very intentional about the discussions you have in front of your children and understanding 
the timing of your discussions that your children should not be privy to, whether it's after they go to bed or setting up a separate meeting outside the house, whatever it is, going finishing up from last week, we need to make sure that our timing is always on point. Yes, because if you, and I, this is, I'll say this and then we can move on to the next T. Uh, if you are not careful and you include your children in conversations that they probably should not be necessarily involved in, then they'll learn to play one parent against the other. Um, they'll pick that up. And so you just have to remember that. And, you know, kids will just by, just, they'll, they'll just, they will just know which parent to go to for certain things, mm-hmm. just instinct, not instinctively, but they, they study their parents. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, right. well, they study to, and they play them. Yeah, I can go to mommy for this. I can go to dad for this. So just be careful of that and be mindful of that. Okay. Right. And then the next one that you alluded to a few moments ago um, is tone. We want to talk about the second T is tone. What do we mean when we talk about tone? Oh, you asking me? I, I mean, I know, but I, yeah, I'm asking you. Oh, I thought that was to, rhetorical. To, it, oh, no, for me. To, to help. To help our audience. For me, (laughs) the way I can describe tone is it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yes. Yes. And Uh, that's the best definition I can give of tone. I would would agree. And to add to that, it's, well, I guess it's, it's the same thing. It's your attitude. And you can tell in someone's tone if they're being sincere if they're being sarcastic, if they're trying to be facetious, if they're trying to be mean, if they're trying to have a nasty attitude, and your tone um, can, no pun intended, set the tone mm-hmm. for the conversation. Yeah. If you have a bad tone and your spouse knows you and they say, okay, they're saying that to be rude or sarcastic or nasty or mean, they're going to pick that up and that in entail may cause them to want to um, be defensive. They automatically go on the defensive. You want to oh, add to that? <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm I'm done. We were, it, we were having technical situation back here, um, and also, and just to to shine shine the spotlight on me. Uh, I know that's one area I struggled with, and I struggle with. Um, I was I was gonna say you put it you put it as past it. So. No, I said I struggled, <laughs> and I still struggle. Uh, I struggled, I struggle with it now because I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to be better. I struggled with it then. Well, I don't think I struggled with it then. I just thought I was Doug being Doug. And okay. That uh, that's what I thought. I thought I was just Doug being Doug, and you know, Renee just gotta she she'll be just, okay. She just gotta deal with it. Yeah, she'll be okay. She'll be all right. That was probably how I thought back then. And but, she was not okay. And she was not all right with it. And so I I I struggle with it now because I'm sensitive to how you are and how you receive things. And I know there are times where I'm just 
Like if I'm not messing with you and you ask me a question, I'm just like, oh, I'm okay. You know, I'm good. And you you may think something's wrong, but it's like nothing's wrong. I'm just not messing with you. Just, just, just not feeling it right now. And I think going back to communication, I think it's imperative to say that because, you know, we've said this before in the podcast, your spouse is not a mind reader. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay to say, you know, I'm just having a moment. I'm just not in a good mood right now. I just don't feel like talking right now. I just, I think it's okay at any time, going back to timing, to say that with the right tone in your voice so that your spouse knows that, okay, you know, sometimes you just need your space. Sometimes you just don't need that person to be all up in your face. You know, sometimes you just you need trying to show off. a moment where you want, you know, it's just you and God and, you know, you're trying to get through something, you're thinking about something. Sometimes when people are deep in thought, you may think they're upset or your spouse is deep in thought. But they're really right now trying to figure something out. Um, and maybe they'll come and share with you at a later point in time. But I think it's important to communicate that as we talk about the four T's of communication, just your tone, you know, what what is the tone in your voice? Does your voice sound like you're mad? Does your voice sound, you know, rude or short or sarcastic or nasty? All of those those things, you have to check. Kind of like Doug said, you know, he struggled with, you know, the only way and he still the, struggle. The only way he would know that is for him to kind of do a self assessment. Oh, you tell me. And well, yeah, sometimes <laughs> your spouse will tell you. Um and 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 I think we, you know, the Bible says iron sharpeneth iron. And then, and that that causes friction because if you ever see iron running together, you see the sparks flying. That causes friction. And if you are with the right person, God put y'all together, then that spouse, when they say something to you using the right tone, um, that should provoke you to kind of question, oh, okay, I could do better because I know I could do it too. I'm, you know, I'm I'm guilty. Sometimes my tone is not in the, is not right. I could say something nasty or short, and a lot of times, you know, Douglas may not say anything, but his reaction is worth a thousand words. Sometimes he doesn't have to say, you know, you have to be nasty. Now he has said that to me, but there's sometimes I could tell by his reaction. I'm like, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. And you have to really have to do a self-assessment and be willing to make an adjustment so that your tone or your body language doesn't send a message that your words don't line up with. Because you're saying one thing, but your body language and your tone changes the meaning of what you're trying to say. And there have been times where you've apologized to me for um, your tone. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. You know, I I didn't catch anything. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't get offended, anything like that. So it, it works both ways. And also with your tone, um, tone is not just the inflection of your voice. It's also uh, your body language because you could be 
your body language says a lot. Um, you could, and if you've ever taken any type of what are those classes called? They're not called body body language classes. I have no idea. Okay, so if you've ever taken any type of course where they talk to you about trying or understanding people's body language, like if your arms are folded, mm-hmm. if you lean back, or if you're not, if you're engaged, you're leaning forward. And that's where they get yeah. the term leaned in. Mm-hmm. Um, if that, your arms are crossed, you're yeah. closed off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, mm-hmm. I don't know what those classes are, but I think uh, a lot of us have taken them. I don't want to uh, make a, well, that's a general statement. But I said that to say your body language can say a lot also about uh, your tone. If you, um, if you decide not to turn the TV off and... You know, if your spouse wants to have a conversation with you, I don't know if we get I'm getting ahead of myself, but is is that tone or is that something else? It's just like, yeah, you could talk while I'm watching this. Is that timing? I think that might be going into our next our next uh, point. Okay, All right. I I don't want to get ahead of myself. I think that might be going into our next point. But, you know, going back to body language. You know, when you were saying that, I was thinking about my my sister girls. All right, you know, us us African American women, we good for having some body language. We uh, roll our eyes or turn our neck up, um, head a certain way, or you know, suck our teeth or purse our lips, or you know, we're we're good for you know showing attitude. And that body language sends the wrong message. So you have to find that you have to catch yourself. I've heard people say before that, you know, your face says a whole lot without you saying a thing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to kind of do a face check. Okay. You know, do rub your hand straight down your face and just try to keep it, keep a straight face, so to speak, without, you know, the attitude kind of thing where, you know, sometimes you're having a conversation and it's one of those intense moments where you really don't feel like hearing it. But you have to kind of soften your heart, ask God to soften your heart so that you can listen to your spouse objectively and just, you know, not have a facial expression mm-hmm. that says, I don't want to hear what you're saying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, because we could do that. It's a turn off. And you don't want that when it's your turn to, you know, open your heart and talk to your spouse. And I'll say this to ladies, you got to be very careful about doing it because um, women naturally are talkers in in most generally in most relationships that the you'll see statistically, you'll see more women are the ones who are the ones who want to talk and have a lot to say. And for a man to open up and have a conversation with you, you don't want to shut that down. So if your body language, your facial expressions is saying it's closed off, guess what? When you're ready to talk, he may be done. He may have already put the wall up. He may have already decided, you know what? You don't want to, you didn't want to, you don't want to talk to me. They, they're going to generalize that for every conversation, mm-hmm. not that time when you made that face. All of a sudden now they're like, you don't want to have a conversation mm-hmm. with me. They'll put up a wall, they'll shut it down, and they won't talk. So make sure that your tone and your body language is opening, it's inviting, it's a safe space, it's a safe place for your spouse and come and talk to you, even in the heart conversation, even when they're pointing out something you did or when you're wrong, 
be open and receptive to it because you don't want to close the lines of communication. And you can do that uh, with bad tone and bad body language. In a perfect world, we would have all of our important, important conversations at home in a perfect world. If we had children, or we do, but if our children were younger, again, in a perfect world, we would have them in a bedroom or some room without them being around. And this comes back to your, your tone, your body language. Uh, to, like you said, our African-American sisters who sometimes will go off. There are times where you have to have a conversation in, out in public. And it's just the timing. You just have to address whatever it is needs to be addressed right then and there. And so you're, you're having that conversation with your spouse. And it is important that your body language, again, I'm talking generally speaking to, to the ladies, your body language does not bring about, um, I'm going to say disrespectful to your, to your spouse. Your body language can be disrespectful because, well, you know, Renee was talking about, you know, popping your neck and all that other stuff. And if you and your spouse are just having a moment of intense fellowship, even if you're out in public, but nobody knows you're having that conversation except for the two of you, then that's fine. And I, I can speak for my marriage. I don't think there was ever a time where we had a conversation out in public because you have to you, you have to talk. You know, you can't everything can't wait until you get home to to have conversations or have a conversation, a deep conversation. And so if we've had a, a conversation or I brought something up or Renee brought something up out in public, there was I don't think there was ever a time in our marriage where Renee's body language was disrespectful to me in public. I don't think that has ever happened in our 36 years of marriage. Um, maybe you could think of something, but I know I, I can't. And if it happened, God removed that memory out of my mind because um, you have always been respectful to me, even if you didn't agree with something I said out in public. And again, we're talking about body language. So we, you know, because in a perfect, perfect world, like I said, we would love to have all these conversations at home, but that's not how life works. Mm-hmm. There's sometimes you just got to have a conversation in public, but everybody else around you does not need to know that you're having that conversation. So you can have a, a disagreement without being disagreeable mm-hmm. in public. And where everybody else outside knows what's going on. And you smile and wave at people. Hey, how you doing? Da, da, da. But you and your spouse, yeah, we, we got to work this out. And we, <laughs> you know, as far as everybody else is concerned, oh, they have the perfect marriage. But we, whatever, you know, we need to work out, we need to work out. And then we get in the car, we'll continue it or so on and so forth. But I think that's important um, not to allow your body language to attract um, outside influences into your marriage. You got to be careful about that. Right. Or, or deter 
the your spouse, the one you're having a conversation with. Mm-hmm. They're trying to have a conversation with you, and your body language is saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not engaged. I'm not leaned in. I'm not listening to you. I'm not hearing what you're saying. Um, you always want to just create an atmosphere uh, or an environment that's welcoming, that's listening, that's engaging, which I think goes to your point. I think this could probably fall in line with tone as well. Um, like you said, the TV or using your phone, I think, um, can go to tone because it's the the tone of the environment. Mm-hmm. You're setting the environment to say that I'm really engaged with you right now. But if you're looking down at your phone and you and your spouse is talking, you say, I'm listening to you, but you're texting or checking emails or doing some kind of listening. work, you know, working on your phone, you're not listening. You really are not. You're hearing them, but you're not listening to them. Listening requires total engagement. That means I not only hear the words you're saying, but I am engaged in what you're saying. I'm taking in what you're saying. I'm trying to understand. I'm not saying you always understand, but I'm trying to understand what you're saying. And I think that's important in the relationship to make sure that you are listening. The tone of your body the tone of your voice says a lot to mm-hmm. the person and it could um, inevitably set the tone for the conversation. Is the conversation going to continue or is the conversation going to halt? Are the lines of communication open or did you just shut down or close the lines of communication with poor tone? Oh, I didn't want to cut you off. But I was going to say, and we were wrapping up for the week. No, when you say poor tone, some people may want to, may wonder why they keep having these same conversations over and over and over again. One, there's no resolution. There hasn't been a resolution on somebody's part as to why, you know, whatever you're talking about. And two, it could be exactly what you just said, your tone. You, the person who you're talking to, your, your, your significant other, your spouse, they don't feel that you are engaged in, in the conversation they don't feel that you were leaned in. They don't feel that you were there. You know, you were physically there, but you weren't mentally there. So that's why they keep bringing it back up because they haven't, you haven't given your all as far as whatever this conversation is or whatever that subject is. You haven't uh, totally bought in or just said, you know what, let me just put everything down. Let me just set this aside so we can have this conversation and then move on to the next thing. That's why you keep having these conversations, same conversation over and over. Goes back to evaluate. You're going to have to do in a personal uh, assessment or evaluation. Okay, what could I be doing differently? And then y'all can even have a discussion about when you talk it out, why you keep uh, having some of the same discussions and just identify what are some holes or gaps or uh, deficiencies in your conversation methods? Maybe that's something that you all could sit down and talk about Mm -hmm. and be open to your spouse telling you, I don't like when you interrupt me because people have a tendency, they can't, can't wait to jump in that jump rope and give their opinion. And so they keep cutting their spouses off. That, that, is going to affect your conversation. So sit down and identify some of those things so that you can 
try and work on it so that you can have better lines of communication. And we will see you. Well, we won't see you, but we'll talk to you next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.